0: Oh, you cracking Slip a beer? Limp biscuit,
1: episode 7, fresh, uh, peach bubbly is the flavor of the day, uh, I don't drink, ladies and gentlemen, but that today's opening track, just like this, Limp biscuit from the significant other of 1999, welcome to podcast, episode 7, we were rolling last week, last week's podcast rang in about 800 downloads, so just uh, on behalf of Pat and myself, I want to say thank you very much to uh, everybody listening, this is becoming a weekly thing every Thursday, 8am Eastern, if you have a watch or if you live somewhere on this planet, you can listen to this podcast. We thank you for uh, tuning in. A couple of housekeeping things. First off, we got a guest on today. Not a guest interview, but a guest. He's going to co-host the podcast, headlining today. A good personal friend of mine, road tripper, travel extraordinaire, coffee enthusiast, Rob Lalonde from Buenos
2: Oh, Wow, what's up? What's up, boys? Thanks
1: for well, having good. me on
0: today. Appreciate it, guys. Slaying the biscuit. Here we go. Excited to slaying some biscuits with you
2: oh yeah same here appreciate uh <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on good seeing you and we got an exciting episode
1: an exciting podcast ahead a couple of house cleaning notes as always first off amazing the fact that we are still alive we didn't get canceled after last week's episode of uh, taking the boots to women's yeah. hockey the business side hey we're we haven't been canceled and almost no i was backups. scared
0: i i was a little bit i was hesitant trav went balls in and just started shitting on women's hockey
1: <laughs> you, you know what Pat, Pat and I, we'll peel the curtain back for you a little bit. Pat and I have a lot of talks, both on and off the podcast, about do we like this idea, do we not, is this a good idea? And I probably don't need to explain to you, I like to push the envelope a little bit. I like to, you know, I like to leapfrog into the pool. Pat's just dipping his toe in, I'm going full cannonball from 30 feet up off the uh, off the bungee board. And so the whole women's hockey, the, the, the quote-unquote failure of women's hockey at the pro level, he didn't want to do it, but hey, we're still around. He hasn't been canceled. He still got deals. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, it was a great week for me. I got a lot of uh, sponsorship inquiries uh, last week. Believe or not, none that uh, happened, but a couple inquiries, which actually
0: <laughs> inquiries—that's all that matters.
1: It, it, they all count. They're all on the board. Which is actually funny enough. One of the themes of today's video, we're talking about business from the YouTube perspective, from the marketing perspective of what really goes on because people watch videos, they see Instagram highlights, they see Instagram posts. But you'd be shocked at some of the things that go on behind the scenes when it comes to social media and whatnot. We'll get into that a little bit later on. A couple of house-cleaning notes. Uh, Pat and I, one of the first things we talked about in Episode 1 and 2 was commenting on celebrities' posts, pretending you're their friend, mm-hmm. to try to, you know, bait them into, oh, do I really know this guy? And then before I know it, <laughs> you gain a friendship out of it. Now, it worked yeah. for me with Dale Weiss, but uh, it has actually been backfiring because despite the fact that I've gone 0 for 80, or sorry, 1 for 81, Pat and I continually get comments, replies on Instagram from people being like, hey, let's catch up sometime. Let's, yeah. you know, let's
2: grab a bite. Who have you guys got from the comments? Like, uh, Who are some of the people you've commented with?
0: So, well, I was doing it. My I want to say it was like my freshman year of college. I was constantly commenting on The Rock's photos every day. <laughs> just like, I don't know, fucking around because he has 200 million uh, followers. I'm just like, hey, looking good, Rock. Been a while. Happy you're doing well. Like, just stupid shit. And then one day he... He messed up his show time. It was at 10.30, and he said 10. So I was like, oh, Rock, it's at 10.30, looking good, like blah, blah, blah. And he just randomly replied to me. He was like, aha, thanks for the look, brother. So I had this peak like life experience with The Rock, and I was telling Trav about it. And then he decided to just start going balls in and start commenting on a bunch of people, and he hasn't had any success, actually.
2: <laughs> nothing, Trav? You got nothing? No replies from anybody?
1: Well, as, as usual, as you can expect, when somebody tells you, hey, you, know, you can come in and get a free pack of ketchup, I said, you know what, I want the full eight liters. So I went all in. I dove in head first and uh, it hasn't gone the way that I planned it, but we're going to keep chipping away, chipping pucks in deep, and hope for a better results.
2: Yeah, result, yeah uh, keep crashing the, the net, fruit. man. Keep keep working hard, doing what Coach <laughs> says, bro. It's good advice. What about your boy Fred Durst, man? What about your boy Fred Durst? Where's he at, man? Funny you mentioned that. Actually, somebody
1: left a comment and actually sent me a message the other day, and they said, has anybody noticed that Trav's style, facial hair, and Hairstyle changes almost on a weekly basis. Is there any logic or rhyme or reason to that? And I'm kind of hoping that by me changing my facial hair setup or my hair or my style every week might be the the tipping point the world needs to return to some normalcy. So I got the soul patch, the Fred Durst look this week. It's kind of a little bit unruly, grown in, but that's the hope. And you know, uh, you know my grandma she was a great, uh, a big football fan, and uh, her team was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And anytime they'd lose, and she turned the TV off, she said, "You know, I can't." I can't watch the game. They're losing because I'm watching. So I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to unplug the satellite dish. She'd get up on the roof. She unplugs the whole cocksucker. And she says, you know, hopefully we'll turn the game around. Sometimes it would work. Same thing here. Trying to change it up. Trying to shave the facial hair in a different kind of construction. And we're going to hope for a, a better result in the second period or coming up. Another note. <laughs> All
0: right. So you, th- you think the world is going to change? Like, you're going to change the world because of your facial hair is what you're saying.
1: I'm hoping for that Hail Mary, but we'll find out. Right. It's going to work or not
2: yeah man switch it up see how the world reacts to you bro that's what's yeah, up
0: for sure
1: on that topic we, we yeah. talked last week about keeping politics out of sports <laughs> like let's 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 say that for the ctv news let's say for the fox for the news reporters let's let's focus on some sports here some news out of the uh, olympics last week they said that for this coming summer games the 2021 summer games i think tokyo is it in tokyo they're at this year or whatever uh, uh they're saying no Black Lives Matter, no a- any of that kind of stuff. No apparel, no shirts, no sweaters, any type of political things, political clothing you're bringing in, not allowed into the venue, which I personally, let's focus on the athletes, let's focus on the game. And that was uh, that was a, a housekeeping thing to uh, cap last week's uh,
2: note. Yeah, I think it's smart. I like it. I like that the Olympics are doing that, man. Uh, what do you I guys think? So.
0: We're, yeah, we're, that's what we discussed last uh, week is how we were so – like about keeping it out of sports because that's sports is something that brings people together and the second you start bringing politics into it it's splitting the sports audience in half you know and then it's just adding to it there's only so many things in the world like that can bring a group people together regardless of the background like sports entertainment like a movie tv show maybe a concert you know and then if you start bringing the view into it then it's just just fucking it up a bit it's yeah, on the athletes. Yeah.
1: let's see some world-class talent let's see some yeah. performances of a lifetime let's enjoy it you know michael phelps has 12 big Macs before a race that's what I'm
0: <laughs> i want to hear more about that yeah
1: on the uh, on the topic agenda for today we got a couple things we're talking about again a uh, good personal friend of mine rob Lamond, and uh met pat as well so everybody's kind of familiar once from once upon a time in a pre-covid world but uh, he's our guest on uh, for this week kind of the topics we got on deck this week uh first off uh I'm working with uh, Pepsi and the NHL on a, a little bit of a collaborative deal, and uh, I ended up getting on a phone call the other day with um, with the, the marketing lady who's in charge of all that. And so I, I was curious because she had a general neutral name. Her name was Alex, and I'm like, is it a dude or is it a chick? Like, what is it? So, I'm fired up the old LinkedIn machine. Absolute Smart. rocket! I would <laughs> sniff her bathwater. Let me tell you, sniff her farts. I, is that something really you do? Curious. I mean. I'm open minded. I try anything you once.
0: Just, you see a girl on Instagram and you're LinkedIn in your case, you know, immediately you're just like, you know what? I want to sniff her bathwater. Nothing, no in between. Just right to the bathwater. That's how they do it up
2: in Winnipeg, Pat. <laughs>
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> Listen, things are gonna work or they're not gonna work. Let's just cut right to the chase and find out. Get in the tub, soak in that shit for about a half hour, and let me go to town. Let me, you know, let me go to work here. Let me chip some pucks in deep.
0: You should and tell her that. You should you should mention that on her LinkedIn. Message her on LinkedIn and tell her you want to sniff her bathwater. See how that goes over.
2: I He's did. single, <laughs> ladies. He's single, ladies. Trap four orders right here. He's single.
1: <laughs> I did send her a friend request on LinkedIn. It hasn't been replied to yet, but I did send her a, or sorry, an invitation, they call it. Yeah, But uh, that was a little, little icebreaker for this week. A couple other things we want to talk about. Uh, Pat's passion about college being a scam, a financial scam, and for many other well, reasons.
0: Yeah, we do. Do you want to get into that right now, or are you just list that, that's
1: gonna be a big one we'll, we'll list off yeah. a couple things we'll get okay. into that in a second also i wanted to talk to you about the business not just the business perspective of youtube and influencing but we also have somebody who's you know a guest on the podcast this week who has a business who you know when i think of social media the hockey realm rob has a company that somebody like me would work with or somebody like pat would work with like this is the manifestation of kind of all you know different walks from from this end of the spectrum for for the hockey um Almost influencer spectrum, shall we say? So we're going to get into that. Uh, another thing, uh, there's a new research topic that came out this week. If you got a big nose, apparently you got a big hose. So the size mm-hmm. of your schnoz is in correlation to the size of your rope.
2: I saw that. And I've never been. <laughs> <first>. <laughs> there you go, Trav. All right, man. Things are looking up for you, man.
0: <laughs> there we go, Trav. Woo! There you go, man. Big
2: nose is in vogue right now,
0: Trav. Yeah, keep playing that card. There you go.
1: <laughs> summer. I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Speaking of fired up, first topic of the week, we're going to get into. Tom Wilson.
0: Take it really away. Hot ah. topic. Well, this is the this is the most hype hockey he's been in a while, I think. This Tom Wilson incident. I, I I was stirring the pot a little on Instagram because I mean in all seriousness, like yes, the the initial little like shot he gave um, was cheap, but it in the grand scheme of things, it's not even near the worst that he's done or never mind that anyone's done. And it was really he gave a little cheap little shot to the shoulder and then panarin jumped on him and they had a scrum now people had a big problem with it being panarin because he's a star player but i mean if you really just take out the names here and look at what happened it was really just a scrum in hockey which makes hockey exciting and i i put that on my story and uh, a lot of people agreed with me I, i i was stirring the pot though i was more you know tom wilson did nothing wrong you guys are soft as fuck panarin's a scumbag you know adding adding to it a bit but a lot of people agree with me there was a then a fair amount of dms that i got calling me like an absolute dirt bag of the world i'm am I'm, I'm retarded i'm i'm stupid i'm a clown for thinking this and all this now i want to hear your guys opinion on the situation do you are you guys is that just part of hockey or do you think there was some fucked up thing that tom wilson did go going on here
2: i mean honestly man like i think uh you know looking at the incident like watching tom wilson's game like he's kind of a, a blast from the past kind of a player yeah um in know in, in a in a time that when i played like i haven't played i retired back in 2010 and back in the day when i mean that's the kind of player in a way that i was where You know, he's he's a skilled player. He's a good player, an effective player. But he's also, you know, he brings a sense of violence and and a real nastiness to his game. And quite honestly, I mean, I think he's one of the key pieces to that Washington Capitals team. He's really the kind of guy out there. He gives he gives all his stars tons of space on the ice. He's the kind of player that, you know, the quintessential, you love him if he's on your team and you hate him if you play against them. And, you know, those guys have been sort of, you know, in hockey and part of hockey since, you know, since I can remember. And I think the game is moving a lot, you know, away from that a bit, you know, in the last, especially in the last like 10 years or so, you know, with all the toxic of head injuries and things like that. But, you know, I don't know, like that, that scrum, for example, you know, was, was definitely a violent, you know, violent act and a violent play, but it was definitely not the worst thing that we've seen out of Tom Wilson or in the NHL, even this season for that matter. I think, obviously, his reputation, you know, has something to do with, like, you know, the big uproar that you've seen in the hockey community this last week. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, for me, it's, again, it's if you're a Washington Capitals fan, that's that's Tom Wilson. That's how you want him to play. Yeah. You know, he's got it. He's in everybody's head. Nobody wants to play against him. And, and, Pat, and you can speak from this, and Trav, maybe not so much being a goalie, but, you know, as a player, you look at the lineup sheet before a game. And, you know, you know, when the the psychopaths are on the other team, you know, you sweat a little bit in pregame met nap, you know, thinking about who you're playing against. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know about you for, you know, and in, in, in who was in hockey East this season that was, uh, you know, kind of a lunatic. But when I was playing back in the day, when I was playing at Merrimack, I don't know if uh, you remember from Maine, but this guy, Preston Ryan, he was somebody who I looked up to, uh, you know, he was a defenseman. He led the league in hockey in penalty minutes every year. And he was just a maniac out there. And you knew when you were playing against Maine, like, you're playing against Preston Ryan like you might get your head taken off. You're just thinking a little bit differently about what's going on, what's going on out there. Uh, so, you know, as 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 crazy as Tom Wilson is, he plays on that edge and I think he gives Washington definitely a little bit of an edge especially going into the playoffs this year.
0: I I agree. I think he's I mean, he you can argue you can't even say that the guy is just a goon because he puts up numbers as well. He plays in that role. He's a he's a guy anyone would take on their team. Absolutely. For for like, yes, it was it was a you know a violent group of acts like uh, and he got fined for it. I thought the penalty and the fine was probably probably enough for this situation. I can see the argument because he's done shit in the past that has been a lot worse and been suspended. So you can like, all right, he has to learn. You have to suspend him again. But if you take that out of it, I see this, and I'm like, yeah, that five thousand dollar fine, the ten minute penalty that he got in the game was probably probably enough he was punished for the for the thing but i don't know i I, if you start taking this guy this player out of the league if you start taking this style of play out it makes hockey less exciting in my eyes because this uproar like you just said in the community is the most that i've seen this year maybe even in the past couple years like the That I put that on my story. That was my most engaged with story, most viewed story that I've ever had in my life, just because people are excited to talk about that.
2: (sighs) What do you think, Travis? You ready
1: to get canceled, Pat? Here's the deal, okay? And I want everybody listening at home on the podcast, on your Apple machine, or on the Instagram reels to listen up and listen closely here. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the top player in the league. If you're a big tough guy or you're some little twerp, like that little midget in Calgary he's always tripping. By the way, I haven't heard back from him in a couple weeks. wonder why, but here's the deal. If you come and you attack me, like Panarin jumped on the guy's back, like he was going to try like monkey him around or something. If you jump on me and you do that, I'm taking your head. I'm putting it through the glass. I'm putting it through the ice and I'm making sure hundred percent. The next time you think about doing that, you're going to think twice, maybe even three times. Do I really want to do that? Do I really want to come into Travis crease and give him a bump? <laughs> I will fuck you up. If you come into my crease and you bump me the wrong way, you could injure me. You know, same thing with Wilson. You want to jump my back? You could fuck the guy's neck up. And now they're talking about, oh, well, Panarin lost his helmet he could have whacked his head on the ice. Too fucking bad. You, get, you jump on the guy. You try to attack him. You lose your helmet because you're completely outmatched. You're outgunned. You're out, man, because you're like 140 pounds soaking wet and you're playing against a tough guy who is just a bull, just a brute on ice. What do you expect? And then the Rangers with this horseshit of – George yeah. Peros is not fit to do the job. You know what? George Peros is fit to do the job because you know what the guy did? The guy went home. He turned on the VHS, looked at the tape of the game, didn't turn on Twitter, said, ah, five grand. I'll write the checkup. I'll write the, the find up for that. All right, Tommy Wilson, five Gs. Thanks. Done. Great job, George. I fucking salute
0: you.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I see what you're saying, man. Like, like Panarin's got to know, like if you jump on Tom Wilson's back and you, and you engage with the guy, like, you, you know, you might end up getting body slammed, you know, on the ice. So, but, and I also think Ben, everybody's giving, like calling Panarin a little twerp, like Panarin's a savage, like I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I've seen him off the ice, like his workout regimen, his routine, he's, yeah. he's not just, he can handle himself. I mean, you're dealing with Tom Wilson, who's obviously, you know, you know, one of the biggest heavies in the game. And, you know, he knew the stakes and he was, you know, Panarin was in the game trying to defend his teammate who was getting kind of played around with on the ice. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I still think if you're the NHL and, you you've, you know, you're, you're trying to look at the future of your game and, you know, obviously head injuries are a big thing and you can't have your superstar players getting chokeslammed on the ice. You know, I guess, you know, this is good for this week, but, you know, long term, is it the right thing? And they've already been trying to send a message like I've seen Tom Wilson get suspended for hits that were, you know questionable in the past so if they're going to get if they're going to set that precedent you know in the past if you're going to get five game suspensions here and there then you know what he did the other day again is like all right man like we can't be having these kind of with these these kind of plays if you're the nhl and that's the that's the the path that you're trying to take you know what i'm saying and you know like you said pat like yeah it's exciting for sure and like for sure i'm somebody who loved you know i grew up with fighting in a game and, and a lot you know big hits and stuff and that's the hockey that i loved growing up as well um, but if you got you know if you if you want to have the long-term viability of the sport and you want to get as many young people involved as as you can, uh, you know they're trying to promote less injuries, you know what I mean, they're trying to you know take a little bit of that out of the game. So this is definitely an instance where there's definitely um, you could call the NHL into question as to I think I think you could call the NHL into question as to not suspending this guy who's a repeat offender, uh, you know he did take one of their superstars and chokeslam slam into the ice. whether or not the Rangers handled it well or not is another issue, but I don't know. I think there's some argument there for this, for you know, maybe suspending Wilson or not. You know, for this,
0: I, I do see the argument because of him, because of who it is. It's Tom Wilson. He's he's kind of, he's kind of a cheap player, right? He's done he's done this in the past. Like he's made that hit on Brendan Carlo the on the Bruins. There, he went right at yeah. his chin. He he aimed for his head. That's a cheap fucking hit. You know that hit's absolute bullshit. So I can see this argument where it's like Wilson, if he's not if he's continuing to do this shit you have to suspend him again to maybe he'll learn maybe he'll stop doing it i think if in my eyes like when it if you ignore that who it was in the past this incident wasn't too bad no one like wasn't as bad as some of the hits that he's had but then again doesn't obviously make it you know clean but for panarin like obviously it's like yeah the star player and protecting it but if he's making the decision to to jump in on his back. I feel like it's fair It's fair game. Now I respect Panarin to do that. I think that's cool. He's a skilled player. And he's still hopping in to get try to get his friends back. Uh, his friends back and he knows that it's Tom Wilson. Who's an absolute animal. He knows he's probably going to get slammed down. I think if you ask Panarin. He'd probably be like. Yeah I kind of thought I might have gotten slammed. But I didn't care. Because I was just jumping in to help my teammate. He knew it was probably fair game. But. I do see the you know the argument with the future of the sport safety. I think I think the headshots are gotta go. The two hand slashes, the hits from behind, like that's absolute bullshit and makes hockey worse. But I think the the scrums, the fighting, makes it in while the actual act and art of fighting is dangerous. I think it makes the game itself safer.
1: Anchor, if you're starting a podcast, that is the place (laughs) you got to go to start a podcast. Anyway, before we were before we were rudely interrupted by our commercial (laughs) break. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it makes it a little different. Just having it there for that purpose, um, for like the defending to keep guys accountable. That you can't just go and headshot because because there's less fighting or we're making the game trying to make the game safer. Doesn't mean you can go cheap shot and get away with it. You know, like yeah, the suspensions. Can help if you keep suspending guys, but also that self policing, I think, can sometimes do more. If someone go gets goes cheap shot someone then gets punched in the face, they're going, you know what, that didn't feel too good. I don't I might not cheap shot anyone yeah. anymore.
2: So no doubt. You think about it. You know what I mean? You definitely think about before you lay a big hit on somebody with their head down, like uh, you know, when you got a goon on the other team, like you might have to go, you know, you get jumped by that guy. You you might think twice about like laying that big hit for sure absolutely speaking of
1: big hits as we transition topics here i want to talk about the business side of youtube of instagram of the hockey world and all that kind of stuff and like we mentioned in the intro i think we got three people with very very extremely different backgrounds as far as that comes you have you know rob who has a business that's thriving in you know in the hockey realm and in in the influencer industry you have pat who's just starting to dip his toes into the making money side of things because Obviously playing for the NCAA for four years. He he won't say it, but they fucked him. They wouldn't let him make a dime the entire I know you won't say it, but I'll say it for I'll, you I'll
0: say them. it. I'll say <laughs>
1: it. I'm wouldn't very, like make I'm very open up. about
0: that. They fucked yeah, me. Yeah. I'll, fuck them.
1: I want to say one thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, the when NCAA the is tough. Hit, when the pandemic
1: hit and they shut down the NCAA, I saw the news. The first thing I did, I texted Pat, monetize your channel, because now you can make some money. Yeah. And so Pat's very fresh to that. You know, him and I talked you know, off the podcast about some business endeavors and some ideas and then you have me who I mean if you if, if you got a check, I'll I'll do an ad for you. Anybody, doesn't matter what <laughs> you sell. <laughs> Almost you know you can buy an ad for me, you know, you could be selling <clears throat> condoms, you know, Viagra, Mars chocolate bars, you know, internet services. You name it. I'll sell it for you. Yo, I it kind money. of
0: bit you in the ass though, no? You got you Makes had sense. one over in, in Sweden and they they weren't sending your your like followers or so, if someone bought the product, they weren't sending it. Then you have a little beef. You post it on Instagram about it.
1: Yeah. See, that, that's actually that's a good kind of way to transition <laughs> here is when, when you're starting to make your way into the whole making money side in the hockey realm, like Pat is, companies, not like Rob, like smaller companies that are, are really eager and horny to, to get ahead in the, in the industry – they will take shortcuts they'll try to take whether it be money from you or followers from you they're trying to make the best business decision they can make and the best advice i would give is make the best decision that you can make so for example a lot of companies on a weekly basis hit me up and have had pat up and they, we've talked about this and they'll say listen we'll give you a deal for example you know this nice iphone you, you want to model this iphone well guess what we'll send you an iphone we'll do a giveaway you post the giveaway you know people got to follow us so we get some followers and then we're going to give away that iPhone that we gave you to your followers. And then we might give you some kickbacks. So at no point have they invested in anything, really. Like these companies try to really take advantage of you and try to offer you uh, you know commission sales deals or just terrible deals to take advantage of you. And you, you got to lay your foot down with a lot of these companies that straight up want to take advantage of you and want to use you for your followers and use you for your clout. And then after you start doing that, you, started, you know getting some respect from your audience. Your, your audience itself is what you're trying to monetize. The people that listen to the podcast or that watch the videos, that's what you're selling to companies. I have you know 100 people listening to the podcast. I have 100 people watching these YouTube videos. There's 100 people that I can give to you and sell stuff to you and make you money off of. That's what they're coming for. And it's a very fine line between where do I want to make money and do I have to have, be like a businessman and be very almost sheisty? And where is my passion? Like, where, where do I draw the line between the money isn't worth it. I need to, to keep the people happy that are coming to watch these videos or coming to listen to this podcast because I am nothing without them. Without these people, I can't make money. Thoughts?
2: Well, you won't have that trouble if you visit <laughs> buttends.com and use yes. the promo code TREFSUPS for 10% off all of your Butt Ends grits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> no bullshit going on there.
2: Well, yeah, we, will, we won't mess around. We'll be sending them out next day in the mail. You'll be getting them in the mail, and uh, yeah, we won't have any trouble with you. Hey, Trav?
1: Never had a problem ever with shipping. All right. There, there we go. I've even been able closed, to ship up my boys. own grips all the time. I went <laughs> yeah. to multiple Rob. I shipped my own grips out. Yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. man. There is some good companies out there, such as Butt Ends. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with like what Trav was talking about, with some companies, it's – and especially with me too, I like I'm new in it, so I, I'll see these people trying to do and like they want to do an ad on my page, and they kind that example he gave about like sending an iPhone, but oh, then you're giving it away and you're just posting it and you're promoting us. And I kind of like had a situation like that recently. I'm still kind of in it, but I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, hold on. Now I'm just giving a free ad on my page. I'm not getting an iPhone. I'm not getting anything. You know, it's not Apple doing this. This is just an example. But Apple so, does not even know who yeah, we are. Now. No. Traffic. <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, hold on. They're they're kind of trying to just get a free ad out of me. And I, I think we I, I think it's important to make sure where we stand our ground is what I'm kind of learning because I we don't want to underestimate the power of like an ad on a social media creators page i think it's kind of trending towards it's it's more effective than having a commercial on tv or an ad on tv because these are people that who have a real following and influence and they're promoting it to their people the people that they influence and i think that is more powerful and impactful than and i think that's why i like i'm learning i can't we can't just like you know give in because we're getting a little promotion or you know sacrifice a free post or something like that. We kind of have to maybe stand our ground a little with certain. Well, how do you decide?
2: How do you guys decide then? Like, you know, what's going to be the deciding factor that lets you open up your audience to a company or a brand or somebody that wants to have access to it? Like what do they have to offer to you? Is it a financial reward? Is it, uh, is it product? Is it like good value? What What is it?
1: For, for the way that I see things, they have to be investing something <clears throat> in me the same way I'm investing in them. So for example, and, and the giveaway one is probably one of the better ones out there. I, I think an even worse one is a company with a service, not an actual physical object. They say, we'll give you you know, 5% kickback on the sales you make. Well, you just gave them a free ad and you're hoping for a 5% kickback. They've invested nothing. For me personally, I would much rather a company say, listen, we'll pay you, for example, and I'm just using this as an example, we'll pay you $1 for this ad. And whatever results happen are yours, are yours to keep. So for example, Manscaped, they give me a dollar. This is pie in the sky. They give me a dollar for an ad. And if I sell ten thousand dollars for the lawnmowers, I don't make an extra dime. I just want to be paid up front, I want to be paid for my work, and you reap the benefits because mm. I'm investing something in you by exposing my audience to an ad, which Granted, you know, I try to make the manscaped ads funny because I think that's the best way to sell stuff is, is to be like, listen, I'm a sellout, I'm in a robe, I'm gonna shave my nuts and you're gonna love it, you're gonna buy one of these things. Now I'm I'm pissing off 70% of the people watching to try to make a couple bucks. So, like, where is that fine line? If I'm pissing off 70% of the people and I'm getting zero dollars in return, that's where I don't like it. The only exceptions for me personally, every everybody who has an ad on the channel, all that kind of stuff, everybody pays an upfront rate, is the way that I do business. The only exceptions. Funny enough, is the one man on the show. Buttons, <laughs> Prolaces, and Block are the only exceptions where these are products that I've been using personally before I was even charging for ads. I loved, I bought in, I believed, and I was thankful for the fact that Rob gave me an opportunity to represent buttons in the product way before I was making real money, way before I had a huge following. And for that, I'm thankful, and I'm not going to charge you. I'm happy to take a couple bucks off Kickbacks, which is a promo code Travis Sucks, 5% off your buttons here. But with that being said, I'm thankful for that opportunity and I'm loyal to those that have been loyal to me. And if you're coming in big Dick swinging, you know, I got 70,000 followers on YouTube right now and if you're going to come in and say, I'm going to give you a you know, 10% kickback on some socks. Mm. You can kick bricks, buddy. <laughs> you're not getting it out on this channel. Yeah. Sorry. And it happens a lot more than you think. And that's honest to God, the number one way I think you monetize something like a YouTube channel or a podcast by gaining the trust of your audience that you're not going to sell shit. Like for example, People ask me all the time, and, I, and I'm amazed that the people actually care enough to ask. This. They say, does the lawnmower actually work? Can you actually shave your schlong with it? And I say, yes. I use it on my schlong personally. It works. And then they buy it. They're happy. They use it. Or you know, they use a butt ends. They use a prolaces. They're happy with it. And you gain the trust. So now you converted somebody one time, and you'll keep converting them because they trust you. When you start selling and hawking out all this shit that doesn't make any sense, I know I like to make fun of the fact that I am the internet's biggest sellout because you know I'll, I'll do an ad for almost anybody. There is some moral standards that do go into it outside of I need uh, you know a couple bucks for gas money this weekend because I got a date that lives 25 minutes away and gas is a buck 29 right now.
2: No, oh, it's good, man. You got to think long term, right, Chad? Like you're not going to just sell any product because you know that you your audience is really listening, you know, and they really you know if they if they lose trust in you, then you've lost everything. But I think what you're doing with like Manscape ads, for example, like you mentioned, like I'm a fan of your channel. I watch your shows and like. You know, you've made it part Inter- of the show. Yeah. yeah and you have and made it part of the show. And it's like, you know, it's another piece of another way to entertain your audience, even though you're like, oh, I'm a sellout. I do the ads. But you it's not that you're just on there hawking the ad. Like you make it a script and you have like a little bit of a, a character that you've created around it. So you're, you're still getting value from creation of that ad as well. It's not just you're providing them the value. I mean, Manscaped, I'm sure, is happy with what you're doing with them. Um, but you get to, you know, be creative and, you know, do a little acting, you know, I've seen you play multiple characters. You're in bed with yourself. Like, you know, you're pushing (laughs) it up, you're stretching it out and like, you're providing something that your audience, you know, it's an ad and everybody knows it's an ad, but there's a little bit of a, of humor there. There's a little bit of comedy there for everybody to enjoy. I got one I'm working on right now
1: and and I showed Pat, it's not finished. I showed him before the, uh, podcast. I'm actually getting run over by a truck. Like (laughs) a pickup truck is literally plowing me over just drill just driving through me and that's gonna be the next one of the next upcoming manscaped ads it's gonna be yeah great if you it hate me and fun. you want to see me get crushed <laughs> yeah pad loved it
0: <laughs> i i think that's so. the key though like rob just said it is that if you have an ad and you're gonna put one on to not you know make your audience be like oh fuck another ad that you add it entertainment factor to it you make it funny you make you know and then the audience is engaged and they're getting this entertaining skit and they're like re- whether or not they're like Going to go buy the product or think the product is cool. They're getting an entertainment factor and they're like, "Oh, this was enjoyable to watch. I'm not going to uh, go buy it, but I don't care that this ad was there because I liked it. I laughed, you know." So I think that makes it so your audience doesn't get sick of you, you know, selling out in your in your words. Well, and
1: I think too with that point,
0: that's also win win because I have the ad. I'm putting it in the video.
1: You're not going to watch the ad. It can go one of a couple ways. You can you can watch the ad. You can buy the Manscaped package. And that's great because now the company made money. They're happy with me. And now I'm going to make, you know, maybe I I get a a raise next contract or whatever. Right. So that's the ultimate win-win. The next is you watch the ad and you're like, oh, another one of these. And now you're pissed off. And now you're not going to come watch the video because you're tired of seeing the Manscaped ads. That's the worst case scenario. The second best case scenario would be you watch it. You never buy anything. You just lurk. You know, you lurk in the comment section. You make comments about it. You enjoy it, but you don't buy anything. That's great because you haven't gotten pissed off and it's still a win-win because you're still watching the videos. That's kind of what you're you're aiming towards doing. I think one example that comes to mind. I don't know if Rob wants to talk about it. There's an influencer. She she doesn't. She's not around anymore. Rob knows exactly who I'm talking about. She goes by Beer League Beauty. Uh, used to go by Beer League Beauty, and I remember when she's not around anymore.
0: Yeah, I was no, just gonna say no. that. What happened to her?
1: Somebody <laughs> he saw it, told me that she, she deleted all of her stuff because she was tired of being uh, shamed online. That's what he told me. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what he told me. And I remember when she was first coming on the scene, she was just popping off left and right because you have this at this time. This is what was this, 2016, 2017, Rob? Uh, yeah, man, probably right around there. So she's coming on early in the scene. And never before have I ever seen a chick on Instagram flaunting, you know, hockey and, and sexualness the way that she does. So now you got tits, ass, some stick handling, and some okay looks and, and beer. Uh,
2: Yeah. And and a little bit of liquor, a little bit of liquor. The the key, I think also too, you got to mention like, her name's Nicole. She's actually, she's a pretty good player. Like uh, I've been on the ice with her a few times and like, you know, she's no slouch, man. She's got dangles and she can skate. So that paired with everything else that you guys are talking about really was what the, I think the secret there with, Oh my gosh, like this girl actually, you know, you got, we're all hockey players. You can see hockey player on the ice and you know, one, when you see one. And one of the things I think that, you know, she had going for her was that she was a really good skater played at, you know, she played college hockey. So I think where she really truly fell off
1: was she didn't understand what she had in regards to her audience and the fact that she thought that, I, I think personally, I've never talked to her, so I wouldn't know, but I think that she thought she could sell any ad, any product, any company because you know she's, she's flaunting herself online in a sexual manner and she can sell anything. And what she didn't realize was she's just selling, 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 selling and not actually giving you any value. The only time she really give you any value was when you know she's making a post about her new boyfriend or whatever. Well, you can't be a, you know, a promiscuous, scantily clad woman online with a boyfriend. It does not. It's like it, it, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? And that's really where she fell off. And I think that she got upset because, you know, she's putting her relationship out online. People are disgruntled because they, they want to see her single. They want the, the image of her being single, this attractive <laughs> female who plays hockey. And now that you know, she's, she's dating some van life, you know, beer drinker in the bush, you know, that that's where she really fell off. And a lot of people don't, they undervalue their audience. And the reason I say that is because the, you know, the Kardashians Dwayne the rock, you know, they're all great people. and They have mass followings, but it's not personal. I would never relate to the rock on, on a level like that because he's a celebrity, you know, smaller influencers like Pat, who has 20,000 followers where you can send him a message and he'll reply. He do he won't charge you on Cameo. He'll actually reply to you on Instagram. I think that's one of the magical things because it's personal. People feel connected and that's how you sell, I think.
0: I'd say I'd say that's good good advice. Good <clears throat> making that personal connection. I mean, that's well, from my
1: experience and, and yeah. one nineteen ninety five for a full subscription. See you next month. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I don't know, Trav. It seems to me like you know a little bit. You know a little bit more than you put on about uh, the beer league beauty and uh, her account. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you've been doing a little, a little stalking behind the scenes, bro, oh, I don't know.
0: He likes her. You know what? He's jealous. You know he he cru- Tra- Trav's got a little crush. We're jealous you of the, off boyfriend? the boyfriend. No, he was maybe Trav wants <laughs> to jump in a van and drive around with the beer league beauty. I don't know. That just mad it wasn't him. People
1: think that I'm just some meathead who's just some dink and loves to sell shit. I'd like to think that I'm extremely informed and I got dirt on just about every influencer on the planet as far as hockey people go. And, and I know I'm very in touch with the community. I know what's going on. I got my finger in the pulse and, and I'm very up with the trends, if that makes sense. Am I Pavel Barber putting up 400,000 views because he posted some clip of some kid in you know, Nigeria stickhandling their trees and
0: elephants. No, I'm not quite that, but I'm trying. Speaking of, you know, business, Rob is obviously, uh, well, in the world of you know starting a business, and specifically in the hockey world, what you know, what has your experience been? I guess you know, running an online, you have a very much of an online presence running your business. Like, how have you dealt with that come up? You know, the struggle of it, but also how have you dealt with maybe you know, like running ads on some a creator's page? How like how have you gone about it? And have you ran into any struggles? I'm curious if like that your viewpoint of it as the business.
2: Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been an amazing journey, quite honestly. And so we started, we started ends in 2013 and, uh, that was when we made our first samples. That's when we first got going. And, you know, originally it was like, how do we get the word out, man? Like originally when we first had the product and I tried it and I loved it and I'm a, you know, I, I was, a, you know, I've been thinking about this for so long. Finally, we had something to sell. This is like pre Instagram. Like we started our company we had some samples, we had some, you know, some stuff to do. And, you know, the next thing was like, you know, I was thinking about how can I promote the business, right? And all we had at the time was like Facebook, Twitter with like no audience. Um, And uh, basically, you know, so – We had to figure out a way to to reach out to as many people as we can and to get, you know, get in front of an audience. And basically the way that we started our business was taking the product out on tour. So uh, taking it to shows, taking it to tournaments, you know, getting out into the community of hockey and, you know, meeting, going face to face. And basically with me, hand to hand sales, talking to, you know, talking to players and along the way doing that. You know, it was like we were getting pictures with people and, you know, all of a sudden Instagram comes out and, you know, now all of a sudden it's like we got this story of what we're doing. And I believed at the time in 2013, like I thought this was going to just blow up and it was going to be the biggest thing ever. And I wanted to like document the journey along the way. Right. And that's like basically all I knew what I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't have a plan of like you know, I didn't know that the the internet was going to basically turn into what it did. And we started posting photos, you know, at what we were doing. So if we were, we would go to a big tournament, you know, I would sell grips to like a whole team of kids, you know, all of a sudden one, you know, little Johnny would buy it, but you know, the, the star center would buy the grip. And next thing you know, I'd have 10 or 12 of his buddies come over and buy the grips. You know, it was a feeding frenzy. People throwing money at me trying to get these grips and it was exciting. And I was trying to capture that excitement And, you know, getting photos and, you know, in the beginning, it was all just photos. We didn't have capability to upload video on Instagram at the time. And I would take a photo with a bunch of kids and like from, you know, you know, let's say the Don Mills Flyers outside of a tournament in Toronto, post that online. And like these photos were like blowing up. They were doing really well. It was exciting. And it was like you'd see all of a sudden our audience start to grow. And, um, it was right around that time you started to, started to really feel the energy and people's excitement about the product and the company. And that's when I started to think like, all right, now we got to figure out like, how can we get people to know about it more? And it was like, all right, let's find out who the popular people are in the, in the the sport and let's find out who's doing stuff online. Guys like Trav, for example, guys like, you know, Zach Bell at Always Hockey. You know, I remember reaching out to Zach when I think he was like, I think he might have had like 7,000 followers on Instagram. And uh, I was like, Hey man, you want to try these grips? And it was like, let's try to just send the product. You know, that's a cool product. You know, we had the guys in the NHL, like shout out to my buddy, Brandon Pruss. I was just talking to him the other day. Uh, he was using the product in the NHL in 2013. So I was like, yo, we got NHL players using our stuff. You want to try it? I'd send them, you know, Trav for example. And, um, you know, I realized the importance of like, here we go. Like these guys are, have a big audience. You know, I'd like to get them to talk about it. And um, that's kind of how we got started as a business of like, uh, you know, uh, getting in front of other people's audience and growing. I'm just like thinking, how can we grow our channel? You know, have Trav do a video on his, his YouTube show, have him post about it. You know, you gain a few followers here and, uh, that's kind of how we got started with building some of our relationships in the sport and, uh, and growing from there. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing journey to, uh, you know, along the way.
0: That's, that's really cool. Actually, you were out there really in the grind before social media. You, you really had to interact. You were out there just going rink to rank and, uh, I think, I mean, it seems that it comes very naturally to you You seem to just have that, you know, that energy where you, you can just run up and talk to someone and it's inviting, you know, for a kid, if they see you, you know, standing there, you're not just quiet, like here's butt ends, you know, does, but does that, does that come very natural to you when you're out at a rink? Can you just run up to anyone and be like, Hey, like butt ends, you know, does I that mean, always?
1: if I yeah, like- offer two, two seconds, the amount of times I've been with Rob at shows, like the, the let's play Expo out and about. And some kid will be touching a grip or, or looking at something or just out and about. They'll just be like, hey, man, you ever heard of buttons? It's amazing. <laughs> just like, like Rob and I are having a conversation about, oh, yeah, you know, for lunch, you know, I might get the hash browns, I might get a diet. So, hey, man, you ever heard of buttons? We're trying Just like the energy and just the on a dime can sell. Lube to a
2: nun. It's incredible. Guys, I mean, you know, and like you mentioned, I appreciate first of all, I appreciate that that you can see that, and that you know, I appreciate the compliment. That means a lot, you know, that people like yourself and like, you guys can see that energy. And uh, yeah, it's been such an amazing experience for me to do this. To do this, I'm a hockey player, and and I feel most comfortable in the lobby and the of a hockey rink and in the in the ice rink. And you know, you know, watching games. Like uh, I, I spent so many years. I, I thought about this product, this idea in 2006, and didn't build anything for seven years. All I did every single day was like was think about it. And, and we and, you know, I spent a lot of time like, like obsessed and, and with the idea that I wouldn't do it. And I, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to build this? Like, I know this is a good idea and I have to do it or, you know, I'm going to miss this opportunity. So when we finally had the product and it worked and we had, you know, a little bit of early success, um it, it just was so exciting and fun. It was so easy for me to go anywhere I went. I knew I, I already had like I. The first weekend we took them out, we sold a hundred units. We sold a hundred gifts. We sold out, and it was like that every single event I went to. So I knew rolling in on a Friday afternoon at a hockey tournament and setting up shop that you know I could show. I knew if I was showing this to pee hockey players that I was going to get a good reaction, and it was so exciting. And I, once I had you know one weekend, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this again and again and again. And you know, it's a lot of practice. You, you kind of start to realize you get a lot of the same questions you get a lot of the same excitement each weekend and it, it's you know it's just like anything you do it more often and you get you know you get good at it and um you know when you have that level of excitement and you you know for me i just like love meeting people and i love you know talking hockey with hockey players so it was like going to the rinks and selling a product that i really believed in and that i knew was a good product that people liked it, it was really i don't say it's easy but you know it's it, it was right in my wheelhouse it was right re- it was something that i wanted to do and again i was obsessed with this idea for so long to finally have a usable product that people like that people use all I wanted to do even to this day is get out talk about it sell it you know uh, stand by it you know learn about it you know be in the be in the ranks and then really one of the most rewarding things for me um, you know starting buttons and like having this journey is to see players actually using the product in their game you know, it, whether it be, you know, a 10 year old kid who just bought it in the weekend and now he's using it in the championship game on a Sunday or going to an NHL game and seeing, you know, an NHL player, uh, a superstar use our stuff or, you know, have two NHL players on different teams competing against one another and trying to figure out which team you're rooting for. Really, like uh, it's, it's, it's exciting no matter you know who it is for me. So. Um I guess like that's what creates the excitement. It's not that like, you know, I guess having a product that you love and that you believe in is what makes it so energetic for me.
0: For sure. That's that's really cool just a natural born salesman. Obviously it makes it easier <laughs> when, you're, when you're passionate about it.
1: I like the point that you just made. there, pat was that selling something he believes in. You know, this isn't some shit about selling, you know, Colgate toothpaste to somebody who hasn't brushed their teeth in, you know, 10 years. This is someone you, you know, you festered the idea, you brainstormed, you put it to market, you marketed yourself and you love it and you eat, sleep and breathe it. This is your day to day, 24, seven, And it has been for, for almost 10 years, coming up on 10 years now, because you love what you're doing and you're passionate about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. man. And then, you know, I guess being, I, I don't know if I'm a natural salesman again, like I, I'm just, I'm a hockey player and all I wanted to do was play hockey my whole life. Somehow along the way I had the idea for buttons, you know, I was real picky. I wanted the best equipment. I was always a gear nerd. Uh, It just seemed obvious to me. I was like, if I wasn't going to do this, like someone, this is, this is an obvious next progression, right? Like the hockey stick, the game is evolving. We need better things. And so I was really excited to be there and, and to actually finally bring it to the market. Like I said, I fed off the energy that I got from the hockey, the hockey people that I was meeting every weekend. You know, we were driving every weekend to Toronto or Boston or Chicago, or I was at home in Buffalo representing Buffalo, you know, as a hometown company inside the hockey rinks. Uh, you know selling to people but I'm not a, I, I would say you know it's again it being in the hockey market it's it's fun I also right after I retired playing pro hockey um, I didn't have any business experience any sales experience I had an opportunity I got a job offer to go uh, to move to New York City and sell copy machines for a technology company in Manhattan and I, I kind of thought that that was what I needed to do at the time so I grinded it out and I did two years of sales and I, I was not enough and it was it was hard, man. You want to talk about hard stuff? Like I was trying to sell something that I knew nothing about, but it was like really the experience that I needed to learn how to basically get the door slammed in my face for two years in Manhattan. So all of a sudden now I've got butt ends. I've got this awesome hockey grip that I've got feedback from like thousands of young hockey players that tell me they love it, that are using it. I got NHL players using it. i walk into a store with a social media with 15,000, 20,000 followers at the time. And I walk into all these pro shops and I, I already, I feel like I'm like a, uh, um, meant to be here like this is like I'm, I'm right in my wheelhouse you know what i'm saying so then to sell it to sell that kind of product with that kind of excitement was it made it easier it made it much more for exciting sure. much more fun
0: I, I think actually this could <clears throat> transition well into the next topic but i think that is obviously i'm early on with what i'm doing but i think that's such a key for success at any levels that you're passionate about it and you're, you know you're getting fired up about it like you just said you were trying to sell um what you say computers it was something with computers copiers Copiers, and it just that's boring like no who are the fuck like oh here's a oh. copier you're not it doesn't excite nobody you know? wants to
2: talk about their copier no. it's, <laughs> no. i read a book when i was a kid my mom i read a book my mom gave this book uh, rich dad poor dad i don't know if anybody might have read it but it's i recommend it um and in it, it talks the guy in the book i remember i was reading it as a kid i didn't I, not much from the book stuck with me but there was he, he mentioned that uh he, he got his sales experience up by selling, working for Xerox and selling copiers, and it's the hardest thing to sell. He, he gave me his card. He's like, come, you know, hit me up, come to New York, uh, and come work for me. And I was like, all right, well, whatever, man. So, like, I hit him up. I went to New York, and it was a, it was a copier job. And I had remembered re- reading that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was like, uh, you know, I was thinking about what was, what was I going to do next? I had the idea for butt ends, but I didn't have any momentum. I had never built anything. I never started a business. I didn't know really what I was going to do. Um, and I didn't have any business experience. All I had was hockey. And you know, I went to school. And you know, we talked earlier in the show about college and everything. And like, I didn't major in business. I was a pol- poli sci major. My father was a salesman. His his advice in my life, basically, his main his main piece of advice to me was, "Don't work for anybody else." And I was like, "Oh, okay, thanks." Like, how am I supposed to do that? You know, I didn't know. And here, so I got this opportunity. I got this offer to go sell copy machines in Manhattan, and I took it. And um, you know, I, I didn't know where it was going to lead. I still wanted to do butt ends, but I knew I needed to like, I think I, I well, at the time I was like, I got to go out and see what it really feels like to sell and selling copy machines. I knew nothing, man. I, I literally would walk in and, and people knew more about the machines that I was selling than I did. And so it was, ter- it was tough. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I was, I went from being a pro hockey player and a college hockey player and a, you know, somebody who was signing autographs and doing radio shows to all of a sudden on the bottom on the, on the sales uh, wall, you know, on the board, I'm the last name with zero on the board and I'm getting the door slammed in my face for two years. But that, that experience of like, you know, learning how to create a forecast, learning how to create a sales list and a target list transition to button. So now all of a sudden we've got this product. It's got excitement. We started to get some, some heat from, you know, online stuff, right? We have an audience, we have customers, we have a website and now I've got a product that people want and I'm able to take that into a hockey pro shop, for example, and, you know, sell it. And, you know, I know, understand, understand how to sell something and understand, like, I know how to find a decision maker. I know how to make a phone call. I know how to take no for an answer or not take no. I know how to just keep hammering.
0: So for you personally, you know, you, you ate dirt and that company that you really didn't enjoy for a couple of years, you took and learned what you did and got the experience. And then really the success of butt ends has come from like that one that you're passionate about it. And then you've just learned how to run a business, how to sell and, everything that you really need to do that's resulted in the success of it all on your own and through experience now when you look back at college when you didn't even major in in business do you think college is is necessary for for everyone or just in general do you think that you learned something in college that that you could apply to your you know your professional life
2: i mean Yeah, I think definitely the route that I took in the college, you know, the path of, you know, playing college hockey, being a student athlete definitely helped me to get to where I am today for sure. Um, You know, and like I said earlier, I didn't major in business. I was a poli-sci major, political science at Merrimack. And, uh, you know, I went there with, you know, as a hockey player, you know, I was looking, I wanted to play college hockey. I wanted to play in Hockey East. I wanted to play. You know, Division one hockey was my goal, you know, after I, I played two years of juniors after high school before that. Um, but I, I don't think that that college is necessarily uh, a, you know necessary to well for sure not to do what I do. I think, you know, uh, you know, getting life experience and going out and, and, you know, learning new things and and trying new things is you can learn a lot on your own. You don't necessarily need school. And I don't really think, you know, college trains you to start your own company. I know like, you know, I wasn't in, I wasn't in the business program and I definitely learned a lot from like watching some of my, like my girlfriend at the time in college was a business major. I had a lot of friends on the hockey team that were business majors and I saw what they were doing and I was interested in it. I mean, and they did some entrepreneurial things in the, in the business school. Um, but you know, I don't know, I always had the idea of like, well, you know, once I, once I got the idea to want to start my own company, um, you know, I think I looked, I think I took some of the experiences of college, you know, with me, you know, and, and helped me to mature and like definitely, you know, learning things at school, you know, becoming more educated, becoming more worldly definitely helps you. Um, but I, again, for me, it was definitely one of the, one of the biggest, uh, One of the most important things for for my success as I got older, especially being able to start the business, was that I graduated with no debt. And, uh, you know, I think had I been had I taken out a huge loan to go to school and, uh, you know, had to repay that loan like right after college, I think that probably would have hindered my opportunity to Mm -hmm. start butt ends because we started on a shoestring budget. And, you know, if I had to be working a job to pay off my loan that I had taken for school, it definitely would have probably hindered me. So um, for me, like the the main goal was hockey. And like, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, get a scholarship playing junior hockey. And, and, um, you know, I had to pay a little bit my freshman year and then I was bumped up to a full ride after that and I didn't have to pay. And so, you know, graduating with no student loan debt was probably the biggest, uh, biggest help for me, you know, as because then I could go play pro hockey and kind of bum around for a few years and like. I didn't need a lot of money because I wasn't, you know, having to pay off that debt so I could go play pro hockey. And again, that four years of playing in the minors um, was huge for us as a business, as a company, you know, starting a hockey company. The connections that I made and, you know, the, the relationships that I made, the market research that I got, being in the locker room those four seasons and playing those four years of pro I probably wouldn't have been able to do that had I had to, you know, pay off a debt. So college, uh, it, it helped me personally and in my path. But, uh, you know, getting that scholarship certainly helped. But I don't think it's necessary for anybody that's, like, trying to start a business. I think you're almost better off just, like, going out and working, yeah. going out to sell something, you know, learn sales. Like I mentioned earlier before, like, having that sales job was huge. And I don't think you need a college degree to, to get a sales job and learn how to sell. So, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about that?
0: Yeah, I, I liked your point of view there. I think it's cool that, you know, you say, like, you know, not necessarily that the, it was the academic part of college that you look back and you're like, oh, that really helped me. But more so the experience of being there is kind of what I got from what you are saying. You know, you played hockey. Your goal was hockey. Gave you the opportunity to, you know, obviously think of this butt-ends grip, go have that four years experience, and then you don't have debt. I think, obviously, the debt and scholarship kind of plays a... Uh, big role and if you're like oh is college necessary well if you can go for free you know it's a different thing yeah, yeah, yeah it's go free. do it right yeah,
2: it's definitely <laughs> definitely take that path if you have the yeah. opportunity and i think it's a good goal like i tell kids all the time like you know a lot of kids i talk to canadian players young canadian players and they want to play major junior and i get the appeal playing major junior um you know and, and play, being 18 being 19 playing in front of a th- couple thousand fans and major junior but for me i love the idea of like stretch it out you got time you know what I mean? Playing college hockey gives you the opportunity. I went to school as a 20 year old freshman and then I had four years of college uh, to to season myself and develop and mature, uh, not only as a hockey player, cause I'm definitely a better player at 22, 23 than I was at 18, but as a person and like, you know, learning things and really, you know, having an, having that college experience for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I view it similar. Um, obviously I'm, like I said, I'm still early on in you know what I want to do, but I always I'm like, yeah, if I, if I wasn't on scholarship playing hockey, I don't know if I would have gone to college, but I also think about it and how it the lifestyle of college helped me, well, it helped me one, create this YouTube path that I've started, you know, the ability to have that status and be in that college setting. and it's also just kind of living the the lifestyle being around a lot of people socially, kind of examining them. Um, observing how people are different social situations has helped me do what i'm doing right now and i've been like making fun of uh like i'm doing sketches and skits and like having that social interaction has helped me there and so i look back and i'm like yeah it's a very it was a beneficial time period for me not because of the the academic and and then also you add in like and i was there for free so it's like yeah it was a beneficial time period but it might not be for everyone is the way i is the way i kind of view it and i don't know that the academic part depending on what school you are obviously is is going to teach you about like the world now because it's all it's a lot of outdated info Trav, what do you think with your with your you know a couple years experience here not i mean you haven't graduated college but i mean you've had you've dabbled in it
1: <laughs> thanks pat well <laughs> you know it's <what's> funny <laughs> actually Trav's dabbled in
0: it yeah <laughs> well
1: you know you know what I, I was in a marketing course i was in a fourth year marketing course and one of the projects we had to do, like for the final project, was come up with a business idea of, you know, a business idea, you know, how you're going to make money, all this stuff. And I literally, I took my YouTube channel and plugged it into the the project, and so I had all this this evidence and stuff. And I got a 51 on the project. The, the professor was like, "Listen, this isn't a good idea. This isn't going to work. I'm going to pass you because I want to pass you in the course, but don't like this is stupid." Fuck you, Bob. Worked out just nice so far.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, man. It's like, that's that you didn't take that teacher's mm-hmm. advice, obviously, right? Like, it's if you're trying something new, they, they can't teach you the new thing at school. Right. You have to come up with it yourself and you have to pioneer it yourself. Well, that teacher, he probably got my project. And, you know, there's about 15 people in the class. You know, you probably
1: have your know, landscaping company, plumbing company, clothing design, a you know, restaurant, you know, all these projects, and then YouTube channel. What? <laughs> Is this is this guy loony to it? Is this guy an absolute maniac? He's going to make a YouTube channel. What is (laughs) mentally wrong with this man? You know, the hockey team coaches were right. This guy's insane. Well, it's worked out quite nicely. Maybe not the way that I'd like it to, but it's it's working out a bit. I think that college prepares you for failure. I think the whole school system in general prepares you for failure because you know we talked about last week how the school system says no swearing, no profanity, no no crazy ideas, no. No ludicrous, you know, left ideas or right ideas. Just right down the the middle, vanilla ideas. And you don't get anywhere by being vanilla. You, you become yeah. part of the problem with society, with just in general from a business perspective, societal problems, all that stuff. And I think that when you start almost to disobey the man and say, "Listen, I ain't listen to you, old man. I'm not doing this. This ain't gonna be the way it's gonna jive." And you can, you know, you can kick bricks. You can, you, know, you can beat the rocks, buddy. I ain't listen. And I think that's how you start really uncovering yourself as a person from a business perspective from a creative perspective my best ideas have all usually been in in defiance of some sort you know what i mean like signing in sweden last year that was a defiant idea to the fact that i didn't think canada was going to be a good place to play this year well not a bad idea youtube channel i wanted to make montages because i didn't think anybody else was doing a good job and i wanted to watch my own again Mm -hmm. uh you know making the review videos nobody was doing good reviews still i don't think anybody does good reviews for the goalie community and so i said oh you know i'm gonna try to solve that problem just the, these acts of defiance and creativity have led to some of the best ideas in my life, and I, I highly encourage anybody to uh, to try that.
0: Teachers kind of struggle seeing that view because it's not them, and they just want that they want that safety, you know, route, the path that's just like you're going to go get a nine to five basic job and you'll be safe and secure. You know, they don't really see the the dream you know, or like I creative actually, outlet.
2: Pat what, you, te- uh, Pat, what would you major at Maine?
0: I was business management and I, I hated every second of it because it was, it really bored me and I thought it was just not outdated. But like you said, like uh, you're, when you were working sales and uh, selling copiers and like it's not, it's not exciting. But when you're working sales selling, you know, you're, you're the butt ends. It's exciting. You love it. So like when I'm in school and doing business management, learning about this outdated business bullshit I'm sitting there like this is fucking dumb you know I didn't like it I just did it to get by and I it was an easier thing to get by and I graduated college and I played hockey like obviously hockey and YouTube was more of my focus during it but uh yeah I've then like I've started doing learning more about business slowly by doing like an online store and stuff like that after college like I didn't learn any of that in college you know so I don't, that's just
2: So you so so like the business uh education that you got like did they set you up like for you know starting your own business or was it like you get an MBA now or like what's the what was the path like what was the mindset to like major in business management
0: They 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 taught us these you know generic classes out of a book of the, like we took business accounting, business finance, and all we had to test all these equations and finance shit. That like I don't. Yeah, I do like,
2: like I remember seeing like all the business majors when I was at Merrimack, and it's a good business school. Like the Gerard School of Business at Merrimack was good, and like I remember being like, ah, that's a lot of work. Uh, I'm going over. I'm gonna do poli sci. Yeah. I was like, I remember again, my I talked to my dad, I'm like, yeah, like what do I major in? Like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to play hockey. He's like, just yeah. major in something that you like that you're that you that you're interested in and you know go from there. So I was like, All right, right. I'll do poli-sci. And, and I remember I caught a lot of heat from my friends who were all yeah. doing business. They're like, What are you gonna do with a poli sci degree? Like we're all in business, like we're gonna get jobs after college and you know after we're done playing hockey. Right. And I, I, I was like I was like, Yeah, I'll figure it out. And like in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh man, what am I gonna do? Right? Like, I don't know, but like I don't wanna be you know doing 4 hour uh you know group business class stuff like yeah. you know what i mean i wanted to do my poli-sci and then just go hang out and play hockey like,
0: Yeah. they they definitely teach you how to get a job it's more like how do you get a job and, and always in my head cuz i think you know the three of us think in that similar creative way or you want to be different type thing so i'm sitting there in class i'm like i'm not going to work this job i don't want to do that and obviously the you get shit. When I, like, I'm half paying attention in class, I'm fucking watching on my computer watching UFC highlights. so of my friends next yeah. to me, like, taking notes. She's like, dude, like, we're doing, like, accounting. How are you going to do with the tests? I'm like, oh, fucking, I'll use Chegg. I'll use Chegg. I'll Google it. <laughs> like, okay. And then he's getting mad at me. He's like, how are you going to, like, learn to get the job? I'm like, dude, when I, when I want to do something, I'll learn it. Like, uh, I don't want a job. I don't want to be normal and boring. Like, so, and then, you know, that the yeah. teammates kind of create that, because they think that's what you have to do as well, but for us, it's different. Like we don't think that way, you know. I don't. Obviously, I'm still. I, I haven't gotten to where I want to be, and I'm still kind of playing hockey. But it's just like, you know, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be basic and have that boring job. So it's.
1: You know what? Actually, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I don't know what the hell this has to do with anything. But when <laughs> I was in college, I had this professor. His name was Bob. This is, this is another Bob. Bob Fisher, great guy. Go by went by Robbie, and Robbie to the <laughs> Love you, buddy. He, he would come in the class. He'd open the door. Morning, everybody. And he'd step his foot right to the edge of the room and be like, "Whoa, oh, whoa. There's so much talent in this room that if I step foot in here, I blow the roof off the building, gentlemen. I like it. We're going to have a good day. And then we started oh. like, you you know, used as you just get you fired up. Yeah, it's different. different but, it, yeah. but it wasn't that,
0: well, that, that mode, same man? mantra. <laughs> That's good. There's some good teachers, you know, they don't, they don't all yeah. start. There's some good ones. I mean, but.
2: yeah, I, I definitely had a good experience. Like for me at college, I had a lot of teachers I liked, I had a lot of classes I liked, and I think I definitely learned a lot of things that I brought with me into my, you know, professional career as a, as a business owner. But, uh, you know, I, is it necessary? I don't necessarily, I don't think it's necessary. I think you, you know, you, for me, uh, you could just start a company. You don't need formal education to start your own business. Just get out into the world, get out into business, and, uh, you know, have a passion for what you're doing like we talked about earlier, and, and you'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, just learn the skills Do you need to learn when, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of like a just do it and learn it kind of person. Like, I, I learn by doing. Yeah. But learn you can learn the skills on your own. I think that maybe that it needs to change that you have to learn this stuff at college. I mean, you can and hire people for their skill rather than their degree. You know, if someone is on Google, they could learn Maybe probably more than what you can in a class, in in a lot of ways. So, maybe just it would be cool if the people hiring or whatever just kind of changed their perspective of not looking for a degree, but just looking for the skill.
2: Well, I've never actually, to be honest with you, man, I've never actually shown my degree. I've never used it. I don't even know where it is. Or you know, I went when I got my job in New York selling. They never asked me what I graduated, who I graduated, where. I then I never had to prove to them I went to college. It was like, wait a minute, like don't you know even you know what I'm saying? Like there's tons yeah. of places you can work where you don't need that. Um, but at the same time, like I said earlier, like I get you know, as far as like, you know, chasing a path and like something to do, I definitely think it's valuable and worthwhile. Like again, like I loved the the having that goal of like I wanna play college hockey and like I wanna get to that level and you know, go you know, that's something that it was worthwhile to me to do. And I think it's still, a, a, you know, something that should be, you know, valued. If you're a young player and you're looking like, How, what, what's my dream? What's it going to be? I think developing yourself as a young athlete and, and developing yourself also as a student athlete, you know, being a learner and like saying I want to play college hockey one day and I'm going to do everything I can to get to that level and then get to college hockey and then excel at the college hockey level and, you know, study and get good grades and like, you know, graduating get a degree. I think there's a lot of value there. For Is sure. it necessarily for everybody? No. And if you're paying a lot of money to do it, I, I think you should be careful. If you're borrowing mm-hmm. money to go to school, you should be careful. But having that goal of like, I want to be a student athlete and play college hockey it was was huge for me. And, and I wouldn't be here today if it, if that wasn't the motive, if that wasn't the goal and that wasn't the motivation from when I was a kid.
1: Love yeah, it. It was a good conversation. I think a uh, couple couple finishing touches. Uh, get any videos you're working on right now, Pat, to, uh, to the YouTube channel? And I got a well, big drop later today on your new yeah, channel. Yeah, I'm
0: dropping one in about an hour. I'm starting to drop the sketches and skits i've been working on so i've been i have like 16 in the in the vault so i'm just gonna start dropping I, those weekly
2: a nice man are you starting a new channel or are you gonna put them out on your current
0: yeah channel? no i'm starting a new channel because i want to separate the hockey player from this and uh, i'm gonna start posting them there but also on IGTV and just put it out there start something different it's exciting like i'm it excites me so you know i'll just be different a little
2: yeah, that's he's a modern
1: day Tarzan. He's got to <laughs> let go of the one vine to swing to the next. And in between both vines is a risk. But you come out on the other side, and that's what is doing. Uh, this is his <laughs> new channel. We'll give her a look. Uh, Rob, on the other hand, doesn't do videos, but he's got a new grip coming out to the market this fall. When's it coming up?
2: Uh, well, yeah, so we're working on right now uh, the Butt-Ends Blade Grip, the Butt-Ends Pit Bull. We're working on it right now. We started uh, working with some different textures. I was just back home in Buffalo. Uh, doing and I, and I had a big road trip. I did a tournament down in South Carolina. Put the pads back on and played in a three-game tournament using the product. And uh, we're working on some different stuff, but we should have it ready hopefully for the fall. It's pretty sick. It's going to be. I think it's going to change the way hockey's played. Uh, basically, you're going to be able to pick up the puck a lot easier all the time. You're gonna. It's you know. You're going to be able to handle the puck a lot better. You know, in the third period when the pucks are frozen. Uh, just a little bit more grip. A little bit more grab and uh, i'm excited to see what what some of these young studs and these young you know young hockey players are going to be able to do when we when we drop the product so it's really exciting to be working on that and um yeah man we got some shows coming up we're going to be on the road we're heading out to hopefully massachusetts in two weeks for a big tournament we got a buffalo event at the end of june we're going out to salt lake city for a big tournament back into the grind it's been a year and or more since obviously since the pandemic we've been shut down but we're really excited to get back into the rinks and uh, get back on the grind just like how we started back in Way back in the day, back in 14, 13, 14, when we first started, came out with our product. We're back into the, you know, right into the mix, uh, you know, mixing it up with the young hockey players and, um, you know, being a part of the uh, everyone's hockey journey on the way. Awesome. Well, as always, folks, you want to say thanks to listening?
1: Thanks for listening. Jesus. been a long episode today. A couple technical difficulties, but that's okay. We're on our way from misery to happiness to being. Sling the Biscuit, episode seven with Pat Shea and yours truly, accompanied by guest star of the week. Rob along from Butt Ends. If you haven't had a chance already, go to BudEnds.com, pick yourself up. A nice grip. Promo code sucks for 10% off your grip. And uh, check out other great sponsors, Rampage Coffee, best coffee in Canada. Promo code sucks 4 Keeps merch. Promo code patty 4 keeps Get yourself some good shit. We want to thank you for listening as always. And we'll be back Thursday next week, 8 a.m. Eastern. We'll leave you this one song, Limp Biscuit, just like this. Hey, yo,